0: going to continue uh, looking at uh, James, if you have your Bible there, uh, and you want to open it at uh, James' letter, that's what we're going to be continuing um, this morning. The last few months have been, I think, very trying for everyone, Uh, some more than others, of course, but life's pretty much been turned on its head by the the pandemic through which we're living, Uh, whether that's health or work or education, as Leanne's just been praying uh, our travel plans, all sorts of, of things have, have changed. Uh, James, after his introduction, he begins his, his little letter uh, by saying, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, uh, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And you be thinking, well, here, hold on a minute, James. That's all very well for you to write. And, of course, back when James wrote this, his first readers might have had exactly the same reaction. Uh, the early believers had been scattered from Jerusalem, they had many of them lost homes, jobs many of them had lost everything and imagine their response on reading that, you can imagine saying James what what are you talking about you're back in Jerusalem there and here we are scattered here and there and everywhere and we've lost everything, we're forced to leave the city, we're facing opposition from the Jews, we're facing increased opposition from the Roman government Uh, maybe facing poverty, injustice conflict, illness Uh, and James says consider it pure joy my brothers, what 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 is he thinking of? Maybe your response is the same think well, it's, it's all very well, but life has been difficult, and life is difficult, and maybe not just because of these current, uh, this current situation. Uh, but maybe you feel well that can be true in other ways as well. Well, let's take a closer look at what James is saying. Remember, he is writing to encourage. He's not writing to get people down. He's not writing uh, to, to make people uh, wallow in their misery. He's writing to encourage. So let, let's read James chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 2 down to verse 12 together this morning. This is God's word uh, as James writes us his letter. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any any of you lacks wisdom... He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he is willing he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed in the same way the rich man will fade, even while he goes about his business blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him And everywhere, of course, in that reading where it says brother or he, it also means brother and sister or or, or he uh, and she. It's just the the way James was writing. The same word is used in the original language, the original Greek, for both trial and temptation. Uh, you may have heard Robin there in his children's talk use the words almost interchangeably and it's exactly the same word but in this part of the, the, his letter James is talking about trials and, and tests later on, and we look at this next week he begins to speak about temptations. so trials are something that comes from outside uh, and they can lead to temptations w- within so trials are, are to be endured and temptations are to be resisted slightly different but, but it is the same word but let, let's take a look at these trials just, just for a moment uh, as we share this morning The first thing to say is that trials are inevitable. James says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. Uh, He doesn't say, if you face trials. And he says, trials come in in all kinds. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, some trials are simply due to to circumstances. Uh, They can affect anyone because because we're human. They can affect us in all sorts of ways. And and the followers of Jesus, Christians, are not exempt from those trials that, that come to everyone. Trials uh, that we face as a result simply of, of our of our word trials that come from illness or bereavement or broken relationships or, or job loss or depression or, or whatever those trials face us all uh, and maybe in church there are some experiencing those trials uh, maybe, maybe you whether you 're here or whether you 're listening at home, maybe you think well, well that's me i 'm really uh, facing trials in my life i 'm really experiencing the, 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 the pressure. Uh, and don't think that you're alone. Sometimes we, we have a, that idea that, well, I'm, I'm the only one feeling like, like this. Everyone faces trials. Uh, James says, whenever you face trials, they will come. They will come. And there are some trials, of course, that, that result directly from being a follower of Jesus. Opposition, uh, in your, uh, maybe in your work, in your college. Misunderstanding, criticism, mocking, uh, discrimination. And, and in some parts of the world, people, of course, face outright persecution and, and physical attacks. And really suffer because of their faith in, in Jesus, and Jesus actually said that that would happen. Of course, Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. It's not all going to be plain sailing. And both Paul and Peter remind us of that as well. Uh, Paul said when he wrote to Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If you're a believer, you you'll face opposition. You face opposition in your work, in your college, uh, from your neighbours, or, or whatever. And Peter said, "Do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering, as though something strange were happening to you." He says, "Don't be surprised, and uh, this this is going to happen." Jesus said what happened, and all of the apostles who wrote the letters that we have—they all faced these same trials uh, as we do. You see, trials are a normal part and parcel of life in general, and of the Christian life in particular. And at times we can feel overwhelmed. And maybe this current pandemic, with all its implications, maybe that's been the final straw. Maybe you think, I can't take it anymore. Uh, maybe you're facing uh, illness or, or unemployment or, or bereavement in, in your family, uh, and you just like, where, where, where can I go? Well, if you're struggling, don't, don't think you're the only one. And these, these struggles will come. These struggles will come. Whether you're a believer or whether you're not. And if, if you're a believer, maybe you think, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way. But those struggles come and those trials come to all of us. Some just because we're, we're life's like that. And, and sometimes actually because we're followers of Jesus. And James said that. He said, trials are inevitable. We will, we will face them at different times during our lives. And then he says, trials develop perseverance. Uh, verse three there. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance perseverance. Trials are testing. There's no doubt when trials come they test our faith. They, 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 they really can challenge our faith sometimes. It's easy to trust in God when all's going well. It's it's not so easy when we're up against it, when things seem to go wrong. Uh, James readers have been driven from, from Jerusalem. They faced a very uncertain future and many of them had lost uh, everything. And, and, and Perseverance there is that stickability, that ability to, to keep going Even when things are are tough, if you've ever run a a marathon or taken part in a challenge of some sort, maybe some charity event or whatever, uh, there's been times when during it you you felt like giving up uh, and your legs have been aching and your lungs have been uh, struggling and you think, I have to drop out here. And perseverance is keeping going. If you're training for a sport and you want to build up muscle or or stamina or whatever, you've got to keep going, you've got to keep training, and there's always a temptation to give up. The temptation not not to go out running on that that, that cold winter morning, or not to go out cycling, or not to turn up for the rugby or football practice on a wet, cold, November, muddy night, uh, when you think, I can't be bothered, I'll stay and watch the television. There's got to be perseverance. Perseverance to to keep going. And facing trials needs determination as well. Sometimes we just have to keep going when, when things are tough. We have to just keep going because those trials develop perseverance, They help us to rely on God. Jesus never promised us that the Christian life would be a bed of roses. He promised us many blessings. He promised us the Holy Spirit to help us. But he said, there's going to be times when you'll be up against it because you're followers of mine. And if our faith were never tested, we would never develop that perseverance. We'd never know what it is to really say, right, I'm keeping going with God's help here. And thirdly, uh, James says, trials produce maturity. Maturity, the, the original word there, has the idea, actually is the idea of perfection, <coughs> of roundedness, of completeness. Uh, we, we want children to grow up mature. We want them to grow up ready to face life. We want the, them uh, ready to, to leave home, to go off, and uh, to face all that life uh, has in store for them. And similarly, as Christians, we want to be mature. We want to learn to trust God uh, when things go wrong. We want to to have a deep faith that stands us firm even when when things seem difficult. Uh, And when our faith is tested by trials, we learn more to depend on God when we realize that by ourselves we just can't do it, that there's nothing we can do about the situation, we learn to depend on on God. It produces that that maturity. It can be a difficult process. It it doesn't come easily to us. It's, It's hard to rely on God when we feel up against it, but Facing those trials helps us to grow in our faith, to become mature, to become strong Christians. Uh, If we only want comfort, if we feel that this is wrong, my my Christian life should be easy, everything should be straightforward, then we will never grow to to maturity. When soldiers are are training, they're they're tested really severely. Uh, They're they're put through real tests because when the day of battle comes, they've got to be ready. There's no good in the day of battle discovering that, that they're not up to it. Uh, and so, uh, in their training, they're tested, they're put through tests with a purpose so that they'll be mature, if you like, ready to go uh, when uh, the, the time calls. And then, James says, trials remove rivalry. I'm skipping on here to verse 9. Don't, don't worry, I will come back. I'm not leaving out that bit in the middle. We'll come back to verse 5 in a, in a wee minute. Trials remove rivalry. I was thinking about these verses. They're slightly unusual verses to find in the middle of this teaching. Um, Just as today, some of James' readers were better off than others. Some had lost absolutely everything. Some had probably been able to bring some form of wealth with them uh, from Jerusalem to to, to help them as they they settled against somewhere else. So some some were poor, some were were wealthier. Uh, But they're all facing hard times, and I wonder, did some of the poor harbor ill-feeling to those who were better off? Uh, and did uh, some of the wealthy maybe look down on the poor and think, well, you, you, know, you must have done something wrong that God's not, not, not blessing you. And G- James says, if you're poor, be aware that of all that you have in Jesus. E- even if you're materially poor, even if you've left everything behind in Jerusalem, uh, rejoice that you're a member of God's family. That, that's far more important. It's far more important than anything you may have lost or that anything that you don't have. And he actually says, you can take pride in that. Uh, n- not, not that, that it's pride in the sense of something we've achieved but you can be, be, be proud that you're one of God's family even if everything else has been pulled away from you and, and he says to the wealthy just remember that your wealth could disappear in a flash uh, just as the flowers blossom and then, then they, they fade your, your wealth could go if you're relying on that then that's a very un- un- uncertain thing to rely on he says instead rejoice that you have something far more lasting uh, something far more important, that, you, that you're a member of God's family, irrespective of, of your wealth. And don't, don't look down on, on anyone else. So he says, trials remove rivalry. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whatever your situation, uh, we look to God. We're members of God's family. And that's true today. Of course, there are some today who are better off than others. Some are struggling more than others. Some seem to face greater trials than others. But ultimately, we all look uh, to to God. We look to God uh, for his help. So as we grow to maturity, our faith far outweighs uh, our our status in society's pecking order, what we have, what what we haven't. Because that is all transient. Uh, Trials remove uh, rivalry as we look to rely on on God. Uh, Illness, bereavement, broken relationships, opposition, those are no respecters of status. Those can come to you whether you're wealthy and well-off or whether you're struggling, whether you're in a high-flying job, whether you've become unemployed. Those trials can come, and together we need to rely on God, to look to him, not to look at one another, not to compare, but to simply say God has blessed us with so much, and our status in Christ is so much more important. And James said that to people, he said, "Don't, don't don't let your status in society worry you, because your status in Jesus is far, far more important. And then he says, trials promise blessing. We're, we're coming around right now to where, where he started, to, to what seemed like a strange statement right at the start. He said, "If you're, whether you're rich or poor, young or old, male or female, Jew or Gentile, uh, those who persevere um, despite the hardships will, will, will know God's blessing. They will receive the reward which God promises to all, to all who love him. That, that's what uh, James says here, verse 12. Blessed is the person who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Something that, that can never be taken away, no matter what trials we may face, that is the reality. If you're a Christian this morning ultimately you will enjoy God's blessing e- eternally. Uh, here's what uh, Paul says right into the, the Corinthian church. He says our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And what you're facing uh, through all the the difficulties of life may not seem light and momentary. You may say, well, this seems far from light and momentary. It just seems to go on and on, and I can't see the the end of it. Just as some of those people in the first century probably felt. They felt, well, where where are we going? What is our life going to look like? But when our life ends, the joy that will be ours far, far exceeds all those trials. And it's hard to see that in the midst of trials. But James is saying to his readers here, I know you're going through it. I know you're going through trials and difficulties. But just remember that if you're a follower of Jesus, the blessing that you receive, and not just in this life but eternally, far outweighs those trials, even though at the moment it might be hard to see that. And then... My final thought is, uh, there trials require wisdom. Trials require wisdom. Right back to the first verse now, when, when James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of, of many kinds. He says, consider it pure joy. James knows that what he writes in a way is, is counterintuitive. People are going to be thinking, well, pure joy? James, what, what are you saying? How can we be joyful in the face of all we're going through? But you see, James doesn't say, be joyful. He says, consider it, pure joy. When you're up against it, struggling with all you're going through, he doesn't tell us how to feel. He says, consider. He says, stop and think about this. He's not saying how how, how we should feel. He's not saying we should put on a forced smile or or have a stiff upper upper lip. Uh, I read a couple of people in a book who wrote this. They said, James does not uh, command us to wear our happy faces. Uh, that so many seem to think are required in our church or in other Christian circles. You've probably seen that stupid badge people wear, don't worry, be happy. Well, well, that's no help to someone who's really going through it, to someone who's lost their job, to someone who's been bereaved, to someone who's facing illness. James doesn't say, be joyful whatever uh, whatever's happening. He says, consider it pure joy. He says, think about this. If, if you're struggling, ask God to help you understand. To see those trials in, in perspective, We need God's wisdom on this. Uh, And this is where we come back to those verses that that we left out. If you ask others, you'll get all sorts of opinions. You'll get all sorts of views. Now, just as then, you can imagine the the believers saying to the Jewish people uh, about their faith. And the Jews Jews might just say, you don't seriously still think that that carpenter from Nazareth was the Messiah, do you? Or or if they they spoke to one of their Roman neighbors, they might say, you're not seriously following that that, that criminal that Pilate executed, are you? Or others might say, well, look, your face not doing you much good. Look at, look at the mess you're in. If you ask others, if you seek for wisdom uh, from any other source, pe- people will say, well, you know, if you're a Christian causing you such trouble, there can't be much, not much to it. Why, why don't you just, why don't you give up? But James says, don't, don't listen to all those pundits. Don't listen to all those other views out there, all the philosophers of your day, because you'll be tossed here and there and, and everywhere like a, like a wave in the sea. And that's why he says, don't be double-minded. He really means uh, be single-minded. Look to God uh, and seek his his purposes. Double-minded is that idea of of unstable. not not sure where to look, not not sure where where to turn. It's not double-minded in the sense of sneaky, as we might use that that phrase. Uh, So he says, look to God and and ask him for help. Ask him to help because he gives generously. verse 5, God gives generously to all without finding fault. God won't say, well, well, how come you're feeling like, like this? Do you not trust in me? If we turn to God and ask Him for help in those difficult situations, then He will help us and bless us. And James is saying that, that, that it requires wisdom. Uh, Consider it pure joy. Think about this. Turn to God and, and ask Him. And when you ask God for help, He will help you, He will give you the strength uh, to, to endure. If you genuinely seek God's wisdom, He will give it to you generously. He, he doesn't find fault. If you admit that you're struggling, God won't say, well, why are you struggling? What, what happened to your faith? He will give help to all who turn to him. Jesus, when he was, the night before he went to, fact, on the night he went to the cross, as, as he agonized in Gethsemane and, and asked God, is, is there any other way? Can this cup be taken away from me? Uh, and then he said, but not, not my will, but, but yours be done. Uh, and the, the writer to the Hebrews reminds us uh, of that. And he says to us in Hebrews chapter 12, Let us fix our eyes in Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning a shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And the word endured there, it's exactly the same word as we have translated here, uh, persevered or persevere, to endure, to persevere. He said, Jesus had to persevere to the end for the joy set before him, the joy of of completing the task that he'd come to earth uh, for, completing the task of dealing with your sin and and mine, uh, for the joy set before him, he he endured all that he had to face, more than we will ever have to face. Uh, and, And the writer says... Fix your eyes in him when you're up against it. Fix your eyes in Jesus. Just as he persevered, just as he endured, do the same. Fix your eyes in Jesus so you won't lose heart. When you, when you feel like giving up, When, when, as, as um, Robin is reminding the children, when Satan uh, says, here, get, give it up, pack it in, take the easy option. No, persevere and endure just as Jesus did. And we endure for the joy set before us. Of the reward that will be ours, undeserved and unearned, but the joy, the reward that will be ours of that eternal blessing in heaven. Maybe today you're not a Christian at all and you're struggling, you're thinking, it's all very well, but what is it for me? Where can I turn? Well, Jesus himself said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, acknowledge that Jesus is the only one who can help, the only one who who can save, uh, and he will bring salvation, and he will bring help, uh, and he will uh, enable you to persevere through life's trials, and not only that but you will know that that he has forgiven your sin, that that sin that that hounds us all, that that torments us all, is forgiven the guilt is gone see there's all sorts of help uh, available in our our modern world but only Jesus can give us that peace, that that rest uh, that, that we need That's for all who will turn to him. And so James says, consider pure joy. He says, keep things in perspective. Think about what you're going through. And remember that while it may seem difficult, it may seem to be going on. Ultimately, there's blessing in store. For those who follow Jesus, for those who put their trust in him, ask for God's help. Ask for God's help because he gives generously to all who ask as we face life's trials. Whether we're uh, facing particular difficulties because of this pandemic, I mean, we're sitting here with, with face coverings on, we're not singing and we can't shake hands and you can't maybe go to people's homes and all sorts of things uh, are, are pressuring you. Maybe in, in your work, in your your college, maybe people are saying to you, well, your face not doing you much good, is it? Well, James says, no, consider it pure joy when you face trials because they're leading you to, to maturity. They're leading you to growth in your faith. And ultimately, uh, when you persevere, you will go uh, to be with God. Uh, And and all the trials will be gone. There will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, because that will all have gone, and we will be with God uh, forever. That's a promise for everyone. That's not for an elite group. That's for anyone who will turn to the Lord Jesus in faith. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we face life's trials and, and difficulties, and we know that there are so many, uh, we pray that you will help us to fix our eyes in Jesus. And Father, will you, will you bless particularly any who are going through real struggles at the moment, uh, financial struggles or emotional struggles, health struggles, uh, struggles of faith. Will you bless them and draw near to them? And as you promised, will you give generously to all who ask you for help? Uh, and Father, we, we thank you that while in this world we have trouble, we know that one day we will go to be with you where there will be no more troubles or suffering. So Father, we we give you thanks for these letters written to people struggling so long ago in completely different circumstances to ours. But we thank you that they are so relevant to us today and we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us to understand them and apply them to our hearts and lives. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.